Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. The Hong Kong government's anti-mask law declared by the city's high court as unconstitutional. Joel Carballero tells us more. Amid the chaos, a legal victory for protesters in Hong Kong. The city's high court has declared government's anti-mask law unconstitutional. Judges say the ban is incompatible with the basic law, the mini-constitution under which Hong Kong returned to Chinese rule back in 1997. On October 4th, Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam invoked a colonial-era emergency law to ban demonstrators from wearing face masks. But it failed to quell the protests, which are now on its fifth month. In fact, the city witnessed yet another dramatic escalation of the unrest Monday when police stormed the Hong Kong Polytechnic University after a night of mayhem. Security forces fired tear gas and rubber bullets at demonstrators, who responded with petrol bombs and bows and arrows. Some protesters tried to escape, but were pushed back by police. Oh, I think everyone uh, afraid of this, but we still have to face it because we can't go out. I want the democracy and freedom will come Hong Kong, but it seems so far away from us. But still, we will let us fight at the last moment to see this. Tensions also high elsewhere in Hong Kong, where some train services remain suspended, major roads blocked, and schools shut. The ongoing chaos also forced some Asian airlines, including Malaysia's Air Asia, South Korea's Jeju Air, and the Philippines' Cebu Pacific and Philippine Airlines, to cut flights to Hong Kong. The crisis began in June with protests over a now-withdrawn extradition bill. The movement has since swelled into greater calls for democracy in the Chinese-ruled city. Activists also outraged by what they call the police's brutal response to the demonstrations. Joel Caballero, ABS-CBN News. Back here at home, Philippine shares fell back below the 7,900 level, even as the local market records its first foreign buying in nine sessions. As Nikki de Guzman tells us, a lot is riding on the timely passage of the 2020 national budget. Philippine shares started the week lower, underperforming the rest of Asia as investors watch for developments on the global trade front and the political crisis in Hong Kong. For the day, the main index settled at 78.80. All sectors were in negative territory with mining and oil leading the downturn, falling over 2%. Angel Passes of Knowledge Links Wealth Solutions sees the market trading between a wide range of 7,800 to 8,400. While we have a good probability of actually making 6.7% for the fourth quarter, as given the data in the third quarter, I think uh, people will be tuning in on the current budget deliberations because that has been a that has been a game changer last year. And if this actually drags on, I think people will become up. Uh, investors, local investors, will become apprehensive again. Property stocks were also among the biggest laggards for the day. That's as the House approves a bill seeking to tax Philippine offshore gaming operators, which have been a source of windfall profits for local real estate players. Despite the Office of the Solicitor General's position on the matter, Joey Rojas of Eagle Equities believes POGOs are taxable. They're saying that uh, the income is earned uh, abroad. 
I, I think I have to defer with that because the income is earned here. It is collected abroad, but it is earned in the Philippines when the games are played. So I think he might have to, to take us uh, 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 review the, the facts. In corporate stories, the Philippine Competition Commission reveals San Miguel Corporation is willing to make structural changes to address competition concerns over the company's over $2 billion plan to take over Halsam Philippines. But the antitrust body clarifies it's still in the second phase of its review process of the acquisition deal. Both SMC and Wholesome shares down by more than a percent. And finally, the Philippine Ports Authority to begin evaluating the legal, financial and technical aspects of Enrique Razon-owned ICTSI's proposal to modernize the Iloilo Commercial Port Complex and the Port of Dumangas. This will be the firm's first foray into the Visayas. The news, however, failed to lift ICTSI shares as their stocks closed down by a quarter of a percent. Nikki de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. An analyst casts a dim outlook on the local bond market. Andre Ibarra, the senior vice president and deputy treasurer for Security Bank, believes the Philippines bond market is set to consolidate after a year-long rally. The bond market has gained almost 400 basis points since October 2018. The bond market has rallied actually very aggressively uh, after inflation fell from uh, the, high, the highs that we saw last October um, 2018. So from our high of 6.7, it's, it's now a low at point of 0.8. Because of that, uh, the bond market has rallied. I expect the, mar the bond market to be uh, range-bound in, in the near term. Meanwhile, the Bureau of Treasury fully awards 8 billion pesos worth of the 91-day T-bills. This after rejecting bids for the 91-day papers at the last two auctions. The Treasury Bureau also fully awarded 6 billion pesos worth of 364-day T-bills and partially awarded nearly 4 billion pesos worth of 182-day papers. The International Monetary Fund forecasts quickening economic growth for the Philippines, but only if it stays the course in structural reforms, such as rice tarification, and if the 2020 national budget gets passed on time. Warren de Guzman has the full story. The International Monetary Fund says growth in 2020 will quicken to 6.3%, faster than its previous forecast of 6.2% in October, underpinned by increasing government spending, recent monetary policy easing, and the timely passing of the 2020 national budget. The IMF says while it's now recovering, growth in 2019 won't hit government's target range of between 6 and 7%, despite the faster-than-expected third-quarter expansion of 6.2%. The IMF left its 2019 forecast unchanged at 5.7%. We see the 5.7% as a very strong forecast uh, in the sense growth was relatively weak in the first half of the year. We saw a substantial pickup in Q3, but this was broadly of a magnitude that we expected in the sense given that we assumed the government to increase spending. The IMF says sustaining growth at a high level beyond the medium term will also require continued spending on infrastructure and it lauds government's recent efforts to update its infrastructure flagship project list 
cutting projects that are no longer feasible while adding new ones to keep the infra push going. Aside from this, the IMF says government will also have to sustain its momentum in structural reforms with the proper implementation of already passed measures on ease of doing business and still pending measures such as tax reform and the easing of restrictions on foreign investment and participation. The IMF also warns against reversing reforms, including rice tariffication. We think uh, that the rice tariffication was a major step forward, in a sense, an overdue step. I think rice tariffication, that is the move from import quotas to import tariffs helping the broad population. And we would also note that, of course, rice farmers may suffer from this stop, but uh, the government has instituted uh, income support for affected farmers. President Rodrigo Duterte apologized to rice farmers recently for any hardship caused by rice tariffication. And there were reports he ordered a stop to the law's implementation, something Malacanang has since denied. The Finance Department, meanwhile, says it is still investigating why palay or unhusked rice prices have fallen faster than retail prices. Undersecretary Carl Kendrick Chua says data point to a problem in the middle supply chain, referring to traders who keep imported rice stocks in warehouses to drive retail prices up. The Philippine Competition Commission is investigating the same. Other reforms the IMF is looking forward to include the Philippine Identification System, or PhilSys, the easing of bank secrecy laws, and improvements in the capacity of public administration. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. The taxability of Philippine offshore gaming operations now in contention after the House Ways and Means Committee approved a bill seeking to impose a 5% franchise tax in the booming industry. Arja Cruz reports. The House Committee on Ways and Means seeks to end the current practice of the Philippine Amusements and Gaming Corporation, where they keep collections from the gross gaming receipts from the Philippine offshore gaming operators and remit only a portion of their collection to the national government. The panel on Monday approved a bill that will compel the PAGOR to remit 5% of gross gaming receipts of POGOs to the Bureau of Internal Revenue. The committee held that POGO should be taxed in the Philippines even if their operations are online, since they have workers in the country. The current practice stems from a legal opinion of the Office of the Solicitor General, which the proposed law seeks to correct. The bill will be endorsed to the full House for its consideration. The income is derived here, and there is a basic accounting principle which says that you can only recognize costs if there are revenues. So are these workers here not costs with respect to the POGO operations? The Department of Finance maintains that the Bureau of Internal Revenue already held that the POGOs can be taxed in the Philippines because they make money from services rendered in the Philippines. Senate Minority Leader Franklin Delon took up the cudgels for the DOF and also assailed the OSG's legal opinion. Sa akin po, nagkamali si Soldian Kalida dun sa kanyang statement na hindi taxable ang POGO. Sa katunayan, Ang BIR ang dapat mag-interpret ng ating mga batas tungkol sa buwis, hindi po yung OSG. PAGCOR for its part insists they were constrained to abide by the Office of the Solicitor General since the law was not clear, but will abide by any measure Congress will pass regarding the tax accountabilities of POGOs. Still, the agency is wary the imposition of the tax will chase POGOs away from the country. Last week, the House Minority Bloc called for the scrapping of POGOs unless government can tax them. 
Ang sa tingin nila, medyo masyadong mabigat kung 5% plus 2%. Diba 2% yung kinukuha kasi namin ngayon. And if there will be an another, 5, another 5% from the gross gaming revenue, mabigat yon. RG Cruz, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.